Welcome back to Bread and Butter, everybody, where we are the Hearthstone podcast, where we serve up the basics for Hearthstone improvement. Welcome to episode 28, where we have, for the fourth time, Don. Don, how are you doing today? Good, good. I am doing well. I'm excited to be back yet again. Thank you. We really, we enjoy having you on, which is why we have you on so much. Uh, Tito, how are you doing today? I'm doing all right. And actually, we actually haven't had Dawn as much on as we were supposed to because we were supposed to have her on monthly. And I think it's been I think it's been almost two months since we've had you on because of just, you know, schedules and stuff like that. So it is what it is. But we're glad to have you, as Doc said. But um, Dawn, what have you been doing inside Hearthstone and maybe just inside streaming in general? Yeah, um, <laughs> Hearthstone, I mean, just still chugging along, playing the games, trying out new cards, because, you know, we've we've gotten a uh, mini set pretty recently. Um, but also, I just hit five years of streaming and, like, consistent content. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's uh, that's been very exciting. Um, had a 12-hour, five-year stream to celebrate. Uh, got Heck to yeah. yeah, it was it was a blast. Um, I am very grateful. My husband uh, was helping out, so he kind of took care of the dogs throughout the day. Um, you know, brought me some food, uh, so I didn't have to worry about that. And uh, we hit the goal to get the you know like a whipped cream like pie. Uh, in the face, so he was there to help put a pie in my face too, which uh, was great. It was, but it was a ton of fun. So, I yeah. yeah, I I can't believe that it's been that long that I've been doing this kind of stuff. Like it's just, it's been amazing. Nice. Uh, yeah, I've only been doing this stuff for not even a year yet. It seems I feel like I've been doing it forever. I can't imagine having to do it for five. Um, yeah, but it was it was pretty nice to see your uh, husband uh, help out there and and give you that pie to the face if that's what you want to call bringing food. <laughs> yes. Well, no, he also brought me a, uh, what it was. Oh, he brought me a chicken chimichanga that day too. So very nice. Yeah, that that nice. was nice. <laughs> so anything else going on with your celebration of five years? Because things are not only if you just hit five years, but things are shifting for you a little bit. Yeah, I mean, well, in terms of, like, content and stuff, we'll, we'll talk about, like, outside of the game, but, like, content-related and game-wise, I also made a ton of announcements, uh, which was pretty exciting. I was like, I'm just building up all these announcements to, like, make at the same time. Uh, things like I've got a couple new Twitch emotes coming. Uh, we made the announcement that we are going to be going to Gen Con at the beginning of August. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm super excited for that. Um, probably really not going to have any Hearthstone-related stuff there, but uh, we love board games, and there's some other card games that I'm going to be checking out, so super excited for that. Um, yeah, there's just a lot going on, and I guess kind of related to Hearthstone, um, also made the announcement that uh, I am going to be kind of moving out of casting for Supergirl and moving into a more behind-the-scenes role. So it will kind of be actually a promotion, um, but I'm pretty excited for that. And I, I hope that I can uh, really do well in that role and, and help a lot of people with uh, the Supergirl Gamer Pro tournaments. So are you going into a shot caller type role? Or... You know, like running production, running so like like running production, make uh at, during an event and 
organizing things and, and calling out where you're going and yeah, so I'll be uh, taking over the tournament admin role. Uh, so I'll kind of be overseeing everything. But for Supergirl, they actually do have a whole production company that they usually work with. So they have somebody who runs the like production, who does the observing and, and that kind of stuff, the spectating. Uh, but I would mostly be really in charge of like putting together the actual like setup stuff of the tournament, making sure that everyone is like checked in and uh registered properly and doing the bracket kind of thing so yeah but i'm very excited that's awesome i'm happy for you yeah that's that's great for everything um doc what have you been doing in hearthstone uh yeah so last night so everyone knows i've been playing uh bgs a lot recently um last night i hit 6k in bgs and surprisingly enough, it was with my first first place with Sire Denathrius, which I could have sworn I've won with him before. Apparently not, because I got the achievement last night. Uh, and it was with just like a, I think it was just a really fun, I got Pilfered Lamps off really early. Yes. And it was just golden everything, man. It was so much fun, so chaotic. Like, I think I still had like, 27 health by the end of the game like it just wasn't it wasn't even close it was really really fun and then uh today so i've been playing a lot more standard this month granted we're only five days in but compared to last month i have already played like way more games uh because i think last month i played like seven games and then this month i have played like almost 30 um but on stream today yes stream because i actually streamed today for the first time and like almost six months. Uh, I went on a 60% win rate with uh, pre-mini set patch Pure Paladin. Uh, So I didn't add a single card, didn't add the busted weapon, just kept it exactly the same. Uh, And it was fun. Uh, Played against half of the games I played against were either Hunter or Priest of some kind. I played against a few Renathal Shadow Priests and played against some control priest and i hate control priest but i did have i do want to talk about one game specifically because it was really fun so played uh countess got the invitations uh played all three invitations next or a couple turns later but in between they uh my opponent played the priest colossal and i only had two minions on board i had a one one and the sanguine uh soldier the divine shield two one deal two damage to your hero. That's the one that got colossal. So they didn't gain any health. So then I played my colossals and I, or I played my invitations, got my legendary minions, got the, the, the old Illidan card. That is a new card. Now that deals six damage to the enemy hero, gain six life or whatever. Got that. And then I got my own priest colossal. So (laughs) I, I priest colossal their colossal and killed it, gained a bunch of health, and then I was just able to kill him in like two turns. It was great. That's it was amazing. great. Uh, <laughs> Tito, how about yourself? Well, what is Renathal Shadow Priest? Are you talking about Benedictus or are you talking about, um, or is there a Renathal Shadow Priest out there now? It it was a uh, 35 health Shadow Priest. Yeah. There, there's a few of them running around out there. Yeah. It, it's, it's weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, I've been, 
I've been trying to climb the legend. Um, I am in that mood of uh, D5'd uh, legend where you hit a deck and you go 8-2 and two and then you're like, oh, I got this figured out. And then you go 2-8 and eight and then you move on to the next deck. Um, but I've been play I've been having a lot of fun with the decks I've been playing. I've been playing with the um, um, buff DK that I got from uh, Pilot, which has been a lot of fun. In fact, Daniel ran up against it on stream today. I, I don't know if you were there for that, Doc. But he yeah, was, was like... How the hell am I going up against a 28-25 Gnome Muncher? (laughs) Uh, The deck is a lot of fun. It's mediocre, but you can do a lot of stupid things with it. Um, I've been playing the uh, New Hunter that they've been talking about on the VS podcast. Um, Playing a lot of Enrage Warrior, both with... I I, I call them musical and musicless, because they either have the riffs or they don't. Um it's a lot of fun. It's, it's been a lot of good. I haven't found the deck that clicks for me yet. Um, I've refrained from going back to Shadow Priest. But you said you've played seven decks, seven games last month. I don't think I've. I don't think I usually go a day where I don't play at least seven games of Hearthstone. <coughs> well, like I was playing BGs. Just I did not like the meta at all. Like after like the first like two weeks after the expansion came out, I just didn't enjoy it. So I just was just playing BGs. There you go. Um, so let's talk about life outside of Hearthstone, Dawn. You have a lot going on. Why don't you fill us in with whatever you feel comfortable talking about? Yeah. Uh, so I have just started a new job. Um, as much as uh, for the last two and a half years, I guess I'll preface this for the last two and a half years, I have been doing content full time, uh, which I have absolutely loved. I have loved the flexibility. I've loved like working from home. Uh, but unfortunately in terms of being able to actually like pay bills consistently and, you know, actually go out and do things like conventions that I want to be able to do. Uh, it just has not been hitting the mark there. Uh, so I have had to get a job. Um, unfortunately I do have a lot of like joint issues and just my body has a really hard time doing things that are more physical Uh, So being on my feet all day for work, uh, moving around, lifting, you know, just all that uh, is very difficult on my body. I am taking medication that's supposed to help, but that only does so much. Um, So this last week has totally kicked my butt. Uh, So trying to figure out like how I'm going to manage, you know, working and trying to do content, you know, and balance um, actually giving myself rest so that I can be able to have energy and be able to do work and content uh, is still very much a work in progress. Uh, but that is, that's what I'm working on. So yeah, it's, it, it's a lot. There's a lot going on. Um, so probably less streams than what people have gotten accustomed to, but I'll still be doing my best to, to be putting out some kind of content uh, on a, you know, more regular basis. Well, not everybody can be Dog and Hafu, right? I mean, they they yeah. there's very few people that can actually, or, or like Kibler. There are very few people that can actually um, find that groove where they can actually uh, thrive in a content creation setting. For most of us, it's a hobby. Maybe a paid hobby. Maybe you can make some money on it. But um, for most of us, it's if you can cover costs of just software, it's a win. Um, so I, I think a lot of people believe you can just kind of make content and make cash handle fist and it's not I mean, you have to try to do you try to try to do sponsored content which is cumbersome and and not very profitable and you have to try to 
uh, get on YouTube and you have to try to uh, diversify yourselves and pull in an audience and be entertaining and and it's not easy I, I it really isn't it's so you have to really love it and I, I know you do so I know it's been a struggle to kind of find a, a balance between um, making what you want and, and getting enough out there so it's it's been great to watch your journey and I'm looking forward to seeing what you have next especially what with this change but Doc, what have you been doing outside of Hearthstone? Um, I can't remember if I said this last week because I can't remember when I actually did it. Uh, I unlocked the Volpira in WoW. You were working on it last week. Okay, yeah, I unlocked the Volpira and I started to try a class in WoW because I haven't. So, like, my main car- my main class in WoW is Warrior. It's okay. I never really super enjoyed it. It was just something that was easy to me at the time, and so I've stuck with it, and it's the tune I've had since um, Burning Legion. Uh, But I just didn't really like it, so I tried Shaman, and I love Shaman so much. I think that's that's the class that's going to get me to keep playing WoW. Um... It's just fun, and I just love being a little fox person, throwing fireballs and lightning and just doing all sorts of fun, crazy stuff with totems. Um, got a new Crested Gecko. Can't remember if I announced that uh, on the podcast at all yet. I know I've said it in Discord and uh, Twitter, but got a new Crested Gecko named Dijon because they're yellow, so it's Dijon like Dijon Mustard. Uh, that's pretty much it. Tito, how about yourself? Life has been very boring. Um, as far as this... Boring is good. Um, we had solar panels put on last week. I think um, the same day. I think we talked about that. They're not active yet because we still have to get like the box changed out, the, the circuit breaker box, and then we have to get inspections, and then the electric company has to say okay, and there's all kinds of permits and stuff like that, but they're up on our roof for better or worse. And um, outside of that, uh, we took my kid for his nine-year-old pictures because we haven't taken them. Like, I don't think we've gotten them done since COVID. So we went down to uh, JCPenney and, you know, had the person do all the pictures. And that was fun. Uh, we're going to Disney at the end of the month. So there might not be an episode the last week of June, or there might be if we do it early, or, or we'll figure that out. But uh, we're getting ready for the trip. But outside of that, work's been kind of busy. So when work's busy, life's kind of boring. Um, but you know, it's not boring is the mini set. So I, I think what normally we would do is we would have an interview with Dawn, but there's only so many times we can say, Dawn, who are you? What do you do here? (laughs) So, um, so, so today we're going to do something a little different and, uh, we're not going to review the mini set because it's out. And I always, I know I personally, whenever I get to my podcast and I'm listening to them and I'm walking my dog and it's like, now let's talk about the mini set that's coming out. Wait, I, I've already seen the mini set, so whatever they talk about doesn't matter because I already know what's out. So I, I, those reviews sometimes can be a little hard to listen to when you've already passed it. So we're going to talk about the cards that our experiences now. Although Doc apparently has decided that he doesn't want to play with the mini set cards because he's playing Paladin without any new cards, like a really <laughs> banging weapon that'll help improve his win rate. But I digress. I think I know what I'm going to throw out for it. But oh, what are you throwing out for it? Um, probably the divine shield uh, beast 
because I haven't got to pop off with maybe one of those and one of the funky fins. Yeah, you can't throw out the funky fins because they go. Bah, 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 bah. <laughs> but anyway, so we broke up the uh, mini set. We just have a a few different categories we're going to talk about, so we can um, just dive into it a little bit. And we're not going to go over all the cards, but you you guys know the cards actually. So we did. I should I should have mentioned this in the Hearthstone section. We I participated in the Blizzlet. Um, I don't even know the community contest challenge whatever and we played three decks we had to bring three decks and it was a little round robin tournament um we had to bring one deck that was all commons and rares and so for that one i just took shadow priest and took out like all the rares and i mean all the the epics and i took out benny and i still ran that shallow it was okay um then we had another deck where we had to bring three legendaries no more no less so I took uh, a death uh, uh, cage head build that had cage head, the scourge, and um, uh, Narogar, and that was a lot of fun. And then we had to p- bring the most sexy deck we could. So I <laughs> I made a druid deck, and uh, a lot of you know uh, with summer flower child and and cards like that. And I was playing, I, I didn't practice it because I didn't want to bring that deck to ladder because I would just get destroyed or any of those decks to ladder, I'd probably just get destroyed. So during this tournament, I'm hovering over my own card saying, what does this card do? Because <laughs> a lot of these cards were new and I had no idea what they do. Like, wait, holy okay, three, three corpses and re- okay, whatever. So um, a lot of the cards we don't see from the mini set. I know I didn't particularly pay that much attention during reveal season because it was over the weekend, basically, and I think I was busy. So I don't even know what a lot of these uh, cards are at this point. But um, I know which ones I've seen and which ones I haven't seen. So we're going to start with the first category of your favorite new card. So uh, Dragon Rider, what is your favorite new card and why? Okay, well, I, I put two because I like them both a lot. Um, I cheated. Uh, I have really liked Remixed Totem Carver and Reverberations. So the, the Remixed Totem Carver is the Shaman 3-mana, uh, 3-2 three minion that has the four like rotating you know changes every turn. Uh, each one of them is a battle cry that summons a different totem. And... That has been super fun. I was trying out some Totem Shaman, and it's like, you just get value from that card, no matter which one of the four things it changes into. And it's just so cool. And every time you get the Flame Tongue Totem, I will say, you get that attack instantly. So if you already have something on the board, you play that, you get the Flame Tongue Totem, and then you can make like better trades, so you get to push extra damage. And that's just, that's so cool. I just, I love that card. Um, and that it brings in a, a mana tide, which is not in standard anymore either. So it's like, yeah, cool. I can play with like this card that isn't even in standard anymore. That's neat. Um, and then reverberations has just been like a really cool, flexible card that you can use to either like trigger your own death rattle stuff or like kill your opponent's big stuff. And it's just, it's been a fun card. I've, I've enjoyed using both of those. Fair enough. What is Reverberations again? Because I, I mean, I know I was very excited about this card because uh, I want to play it in an Aegwin deck, but... 
Yeah, so it's um, one of the dual class cards. It is a um, mage and warlock card. It's three mana and it's shadow. Summon a copy of a minion. Each one dies after taking damage. So, yeah, it's it's pretty interesting because you could play it in warlock or mage and then, like, make a copy of your opponent's big thing and then trade in one of your, like, little guys and kill it off. Or you can summon a copy of, like, your slime in warlock and then they die after they take any amount of damage. So you get really good trades and, and like, extra death rattles. And, yeah, it's just, it's really flexible. Yeah, because my vision was to play it on Aegwyn and then you get the double Aegwyn buffs on yeah. whatever comes out and all that. But yep. I haven't played Mage that much uh, since the, th- the set dropped. Uh, Doc, how about yourself? What card has been the most, your, your most favorite at this point? So I forgot to mention that I've also played some in Rage Warrior when I said what I was doing inside Hearthstone. And so the, the card I picked as my favorite so far has to be Jam Session. Uh, one, if you've ever been a musical person and have, and have had z- jam sessions, they're just so much fun. You just, someone just starts playing something and then you just kind of find something that kind of goes along with it. And then it's just, it's just, a, you're basically just both soloing, just trying to figure out what's happening. It's a lot of fun. The art on the card is beautiful. It's a two mana, uh, common, uh, fire spell, shaman and warrior dual class. Uh, give a friendly minion plus three plus three and deal one damage to all other all other minions. Overload one. Um, it really helps in a rage warrior just absolutely pop off, especially if you have like uh, anima extractor on board. And if you have the weapon, that's just a bunch of damage all at once. It's uh, it's a lot of fun. I really enjoy it. How about yourself, Tito? Well, I, I, the one thing I wish Jam Session did, and I love Jam. I played a lot of Enrage Warrior too, and it's such a good card. But I wish when you play it, it, it would say something like, "It's got to be the shoes." That's an NBA Jam reference. Sorry, um, you guys might not be old <laughs> enough to remember that. Uh, my uh, so my favorite card thus far has been uh, Hollow Hound. Uh, I've been playing the uh, new Hunter that kind of is a hybrid of all the Hunters. It's got a um, the, the early game with the bananas and the, the slither spears. It's got the uh, a big beast at the end. It's got, you know, the the, the wild seeds. It's, it's a lot of fun. But Hollow Hound gives Hunter such comeback in that. So it's been it's been a it's been a lot of fun. And it goes really well in the uh buff uh, uh I think it's undead. It's two undead, one blood deck that I've been playing. Uh, that you can make the stupid things. It, it really goes well on that because you're playing things like Blood Tap and uh, the lady that gives you got your, your minions plus two. And uh, another great voice line is the tailor because the tailor gives somebody else the stats. But when, when he attacks, it says, you're going to like the way you look. And if you've ever um, <laughs> if you've ever gotten married in America, you've probably gone to uh, 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 Ben's Warehouse and that was their model for a long time. Uh, but no, it's it's been a really really fun card. Uh, but what about a card you hate? Dragon Rider. All right. Well, I'm gonna be honest here. I am not really sure um, because I have played some, but I played like the day after the mini set came out, and then I played today, and I didn't really get a chance to play a lot in the several days in between um, because of the, you know the new job and just being really worn down. Uh, so I wasn't really sure which card I hated. Um, so I just copied Tito. 
and also because I did <laughs> face it today and I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't like that one. <laughs> and that's all I found. Uh, so yeah, the played against the hunter. They got two of them out and got to full clear my board. And I was like, Hmm, cool. I like had my placement and everything. I was so proud of it. I was like, okay, cool. That hollow hound can't clear this. And then they played the second one and got to clear. And I was like, Never mind. Well, Dang well, it. <laughs> well, sure, you've beaten one hollow hound, but have you heard of two hollow hounds? Yeah, it was, I was not happy. I was not happy. <laughs> I didn't like it. Doc, how about yourself? What's the card you hate? Yeah, so I picked, I picked a few, and the first one is Elite Tauren Champion because I hate the pick of the molten pick of rock so much especially when they pair it with one of rin symphonies that turns all your cards to cost health so no matter what you do you can be so good at sending it back to the warlock you know and then there's just like oh hey well i'm sorry you just get to die because you're gonna take 28 damage from the pick at the end of your turn no matter what you do and i really dislike that that i mean i know that in that scenario, that's basically Magic Christmas Land for things to line up the way they did. But it was awful. I did not enjoy it. Um, and then another card that I genuinely do not enjoy <laughs> is Hollow Hound because uh, I've been playing a lot of been playing a lot of Paladin, and Paladin is like Lore Master Eflex to say it's white weenies. It's a little a lot of little teeny weak stuff that when you do certain things, it makes them really strong, but they're still not super healthy, you know? And so just cleave just absolutely decimates uh pure paladin. And yeah. How about yourself, Tito? Well, it was my favorite card as Hollow Hound, but it's also my least favorite card because it feels so it it, it is basically uh Unleash Fell Arcanist in one card. And it it just if you're playing like in Rage Warrior or something like that, and and you're getting ahead on board, and then they drop a buffed up uh, Hollow Hound and heal back the full, it is so feels bad. So as much fun as I'm having playing with it, the hypocritical person to me also hates it. So, uh, but that's done. So everyone seems to love and hate that card depending on what side of the argument you're on. Um, very divisive. Um, I'm 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 not calling for his death because I'm liking it, but I'm also. You know, I wouldn't be sad to see it go away at the same time. But how about new decks? What have you been playing, on? What's your new favorite decks? Um, so <laughs> for 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 quantity, I will have to say pure paladin, even though it's exactly the same as it was before for me. Um, but for new deck that I haven't played in a really long time because it hasn't been super great, uh, Enrage Warrior. Um, just Enrage Warrior being back and actually just getting to do fun, stupid things with Olgra again and have it actually be relatively consistent and not just, oh, I get to high roll a game out of like 10 and then get to do the fun thing I want to do. You kind of just get to do the fun thing more often than not. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose, but you still get to do the thing instead of just like, oh, well, oh, well, uh, is pretty fun for me. And like I said, jam session, fantastic card. Like in, in rage warriors, just, uh, 
it's just fun. It's, I think it's just fun. So it's my favorite deck. How about yourself, Tito? Well, another thing about the Enrage Warrior that I really like is, and I, play, I played a lot of it too, um, is the Remoria interaction with uh, uh, Abyssal Bassist. Because if you swing, attack, swing, attack, that every time Remoria re-equips herself, um, you can get two ticks in just one turn uh, on that basis. So you get that reduced by four. That's a lot of fun. Um, my favorite deck is probably the new hunter, uh, um, that and the buff DK that we were talking about before. They're just a lot of fun. I, I think they can both win. Okay. Um, but I've also enjoyed the enrage war. It's been, I've really enjoyed just about everything I've played. Uh, so it's hard to, even, even though I'm, I'm averaging, you know, the 50% or slightly under that right now, they're all, they're fun, but Dawn, how about yourself? Ah, uh, well, this is interesting because we are all like in different classes, which I think is awesome. Uh, I have really been enjoying, well, I guess I'm going to put three uh, and there's still no overlap. <laughs> I've been enjoying death rattle druid. Uh, it's, it's hit or miss on how successful it can be. <laughs> uh, so that, but that's been fun. Uh, as long as you don't hit a bunch of like aggressive decks, uh, then, then you're pretty good. So just avoid like the paladins and the aggressive hunters <laughs> and, uh, you might be okay. Um, and what I'm going to call Matlock because I honestly like don't know where he got it, but, um, uh, Matt at arms, huge shout out to him. Uh, yeah, last week during the 12 hour stream, he gave me this warlock deck. It still has like the slime, you know, and kind of that death rattle undead stuff, but it also has symphony it's got uh the like fatigue stuff in it it's got it's just got some different things and it's actually just so much fun it's got the imps uh, in it too right um no i don't think this one has the imp stuff yeah this is like an updated because there there was i don't know people were calling it like what warlock soup or something <laughs> i don't know something like that i wasn't sure if you were playing chimplock no, no, this doesn't have the imp stuff. The only imp thing is the the fatigue one, okay, um, or two, I guess technically the the one that get, gets stats on its own, and then the one that summons the imps. Um, so it's it's still kind of like a Chadlock, but it's I don't know, it's just so much fun, and I've been have I think I've just been having a lot of fun with the death rattle stuff, um, setting that all off. But uh, so I've been having a lot of fun with that, and then also some totem shaman i i mentioned that earlier um with the totem carver and that's just that's been a lot of fun um playing that and seeing like how many totems i can get out on the board and uh i put melomania in there and also that has been a lot of fun just like okay melomania and then playing uh, a couple different you know little bodies and then seeing what random shaman spells i get and being able to summon new boards of things it's been it's been pretty sweet all right, well, since while well, while we're talking to you about the decks you like, what are some of the decks you you've hated to see? Anything that just beats me. Anything that high rolls uh which I don't know, today felt like almost every game. <laughs> so, every deck? Uh, no. I don't know. It just it it's felt weird. I just feel like uh there's a lot of variety going on right now and especially since I haven't played as much in the last week as I typically do. I don't really know what's actually like, you know, 
being seen or played the most. So it felt like I'm just getting high rolled every game because I don't really know what's happening. <laughs> um, but probably fr- like Frost DK, just the fact that it seems like they always have all their stuff to just draw through the deck and just deal a bunch of damage over the top and kill me every time. Just I'm, I'm over it. I feel like that deck has gotten nerfed so many times and it's still good. I'm like, uh, just go away. But you're also playing very board-based minion decks, so that that that's where Frost will really get you. How, how, about, you, how about yourself, Doc? What, what are some decks you've been hating? Uh, yeah, Control Priest. It has always been one of my least favorite archetypes. Um, it just makes the game a non-game, and a lot of the times... Uh, one thing that I really dislike in Hearthstone, no matter what class it's in, it is removal that heals you in any form other than, like, say, a minion. Because a minion, I feel like, feels fair because you have a chance to interact with that no matter what class you are. The only times you can interact with somebody's spells is if you're a thief priest or, like, a generating priest, a thief rogue, or if you have counterspell up because you're a mage. Other than that, you're at the whim of, like, whatever. And I get, like, classes have identities and everything. But being able to remove my minion no matter what, and you gain whatever HP, just feels like it's just so out of my control. And it's just one of the things that just really tilts me. And I try not I try not to tilt very often, but Control Priest and any other class that can do that um, when I face them, like, it's really easy to tilt me when that happens. So yeah, Control Priest is my enemy number one. Uh, Tito, how about yourself? Well, so far for me, it's mostly been Pure Pally and Totem Shaman. <laughs> so the two decks you guys have been playing. Uh, just the ones I've been having the, the most trouble with. Uh, I seem to run up against them a lot. And Totem Shaman can get rolling real fast. And then you feel like, oh... I took control of them pretty good, and then they drop the, the party totem with the stone ray and all this, and, and all of a sudden they have a full board, and you're like, I thought I just cleared that. So, uh, not thrilled about facing them. I probably should play them a little bit more, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm good with not seeing them as much. But unfortunately, they're both really good, so you're going to see a lot of them. But now, Dawn, let's talk about the cards that you really want to be good, but just aren't. What's, what's, what's the card that you really want to play with that just isn't making it yet? Yeah, so far, I, I at least myself really haven't seen any Demon Hunter. I think there still is some Demon Hunter being played at like Higher Legend, but I don't think I've heard anything about Rhythm Dancer Risa. Now, she's the, the five mana three five with Rush that after your hero attacks, she goes back in your hand and costs one. I thought she was going to be so cool, right? Like, rush her out on the board, and then you attack. She goes back to your hand. You get to play her again for one and just like keep rushing her out and just keep doing it. But I guess she's just not anywhere. And I'm kind of sad by that. I was like, I thought she was going to be so cool. And it'd be like kind of fun to just like bounce her back without having to, she's... you know, play cards like Rogue does. But I'm sad. She's nowhere to be seen. Yeah, I think the cost of uh, uh, five mana, the initial cost of the five mana three, four is is a little too high. Uh, but yeah, she seems like a lot of fun. She's also singing into the um, pummel of her knife. Like they 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 seem to have gone to that well a few times in the art for this uh, expansion. 
But yeah, that's a fun card. Um, they're actually so no. Demon Hunter on the note is actually on the rise again, and believe it or not, it is Spell Demon Hunter again. So while the while the uh, well, there's no more Silful branding, but um, through Fire and Flame or through Fell and Flame, uh, yeah. uh, what's her face there? Uh, the two four tech. Uh, Lady Steno. Lady Steno. She is uh, um, found found her a mate with an abusive sergeant, and they are going to town. So uh, it's a high skill cap deck. High. Yeah. I still don't like it. I still. Yeah. Don't. At least it's a two man two card. It's a two card clear. That's fair. What? So what's a card that? You like Doc that is not good. Um, so I kind of just picked this one for the meme. Uh, Blood Treant is the card I picked. Uh, I think it's a ridiculous card. Uh, but I think it's a cool card. Like a card that costs health that's not just Warlock specific, I think is, re- is a really fun idea to play with. Um, I'm really hoping that in later expansions this year, because they're all done with the expansions for this year and they're working on like a year and a half next year. And like the first set of the following year right now for like initial design and stuff. Um, so I hope that this gets support throughout the rest of the year. Cause I think that's a fun idea to play with. And I really hope they, this isn't just like the only time we're, we're getting dual class cars. I kind of hope like our next expansion is another big, like dual dual or tri class uh expansion because i just think that's fun and it like leads to a lot of fun like lore within hearthstone because i feel like hearthstone just can get such fun lore with the expansions like mean streets of gadgetstan oh my god like the the call the that's the only one i can remember specifically but like i just think that the the tribes being separated into different gangs was really cool and i think I mean, not the same thing, but going back to having multiple, uh, multiple class cards will be a lot of fun. So I really hope that at some point, uh, this standard year or the next two standard years that, uh, blood Dreant will be good. Uh, Tito, how about yourself? Oh, for me it is elite torrent champion this is what everything. Okay. Yeah. I, I thought Don was trying to like, say something. Yeah. I'll, I'll say it in a second. No, go ahead. What, what, what you got? Okay. Well, I was going to say, I I have thought about this. And I have... This, this is my, like, hot take. Here you go. Hot take that I don't think I've shared anywhere before. So, I think that they will do the tri-class cards again. But it will be once we have a 12th class so that there's four classes that get those three. So, are you saying you think we're going to get Monk sooner than we think? My God, I've <laughs> I want, I've wanted Monk for so long. Please tell me we're getting Monk. Yeah, it, it still probably will be a while. I still think it'll be, I mean, the third expansion this year at the very earliest, but I'd still suspect probably next year that we get that. Like the two-year kind of spacing seems yeah. like it's probably a good pacing for adding new classes. But that I, I've thought about that too, because I loved those tri-class cards. And I know a lot of people like the dual-class cards, but I think... To really get the tri-class cards, they probably want it to be even. Unless they try something like they did here. But I think that would be 
a little bit uh, too complex to try to add in like tri-class cards that are kind of overlapping. So my my thought is that once they get the 12th class, then they'll bring back those tri-class cards. I, I like what they did with this expansion too, because it wasn't, they didn't necessarily limit the connection to like the pie that they had. They were just like, you know what, this is going to yeah. be warrior and... Although through through fell and flame, that really doesn't fit the emo death knight. I mean the emo demon hunter and the the warrior. It, it just kind of didn't work. I don't think as well. It should have been like death knight. Not that death knight needs it, but like thematically, I think it would have made more sense because death knight has like like the metal kind of. But anyway. Well, yeah, but dragon force is like hair metal. Yeah. So I don't know. It, it, I think it's I. Th- I think they did a good job, but I, I can see where you're saying we're like, it's just a weird. It's a weird space to put the card. I can yeah, see. Yeah, I, I think more like dashboard confessional. You know, when I think of Demon Honor, kind of. But um, <laughs> but for me, the card that I really want to be good is Elite Torn Champion. I took a card out of Enrage Warrior on day one, and I just threw that card in there because I'm like, you know what. I'm going to see how it plays. I'm going to have some fun with it. It you got to remember it's finale cuz I forgot that several times and you're like what the heck just happened? And <laughs> nope, it didn't happen. Um I did manage to get the achievements for both there, there's like two achievements and one of them is to kill your opponent with the molten pick of destiny or whatever it's called. And um I think that's going to be very much like the sort of truth achievement that people are going to be trying to hunt for. And people are just going to keep conceding before it happens because you get the sword equipped and then they just concede. This one, they're like, oh, I can't spend all my mana. That picks like 40. Well, I guess I'm just going to die. Concede. So I, I think I got lucky getting that on day one, but I think that a lot of people are going to have a hard time. But it just wasn't good enough. It, it's it's too easy to spend all your mana and half the time is going to backfire on you because of something or other. Um, I can't tell you how many times a... Uh, a noggling with cold feet messed up my plays because cold feet will uh, make all your minions cost five more. And even if you have all your mana worked out, that'll throw a monkey wrench into things. But anybody have any other thoughts on the mini sets before we move on to the topic um, of the day? I, I do kind of want to touch back on the tri-class cards. <laughs> uh, so we haven't had solo content in quite some time, unfortunately, because uh, the team for that is very small. So my understanding is they're just working with majority and just working with the big group of team five to help with the expansions. And so they're just reallocating resources. Right. But I really hope that if we get tri class cards again, they can make some very, some cool story of four different groups of, people right or like groups of people that have some kind of feud and i think i just think that'd be such fun area to explore with solo content and solo content's fun uh daniel has inspired to play more solo content uh i still have never finished uh dr boom's puzzle labs uh so that is something i gotta go back and do um i i know i'm more than halfway done but uh that's one of the things i'm gonna do on like my like my downtime if I'm not streaming again or working is I'm going to do uh boom booms puzzle apps. But uh, yeah, solo content's great. Well, <laughs> yeah. all this talk of solo content has got me hungry doc. Uh, how about yourself? 
So today our main topic that we have Dawn on. So we we if those haven't been listening for that long, uh, we bring on Dragon Rider to talk about fundamentals of the game. That's um, I don't think we've had a coin name for this yet, but it's the fundamental corner with Dragon Rider. And today we're talking about mulligans. So Dawn, what do we need to know about mulligans? Yes. Um, I've kind of been calling these like the building blocks, I guess, <laughs> of uh, kind of like, you know, the building blocks, the basics. Um, so, yeah, I wanted to talk about mulligans. We've talked about kind of like the phases of turns. We've talked about what I think we talked about archetypes and some different things like that. But I want to talk about mulligans. Now, the one thing that I want to start with here talking about mulligans is, for one thing, mulligans are typically regarded as one of the most difficult and like most nuanced things to learn and really get very good at. Um, they are very challenging and mulligans can change a lot depending on like matchups and stuff like that. So the things that we're going to talk about here are more of generalities, more of like, you know, kind of just key ideas and not necessarily super specific like with this deck against this other deck, this is how you mulligan, right? Because that's going to change. I try to keep these topics a bit more evergreen so that you can kind of go back to these or people who are coming into the game, maybe after we record this, can come in and still understand and still learn and catch on to this stuff. So a couple of like kind of key points that I want to talk about first, and then we'll start breaking these down even more. Uh, I have six bullet points here for some like mulligan basics. Uh, for Hearthstone, you get to pick your cards that you're going to keep or put back individually. So some games, like maybe if people are familiar with like Magic the Gathering, you look at your entire hand and say, do I want this whole hand or not? But in Hearthstone, you pick the card and say, do I want that card? Yes. Do I want this card? No. And it's individual. It's very important. Uh, another thing is, is that cards are considered independently so even if you have duplicates, so like two copies of a card, you put one back, well, the other copy of that card is considered separate than the one you put back. So that does mean that you can get a duplicate back into your hand that you maybe just put back into your deck. Um, so that's important. Another thing that you might want to pay attention to when you are doing your mulligan or think about is whether or not you have the coin. And we'll talk about why that's important. Uh, knowing key cards or strategies of your deck is something that's important when you're doing your mulligan. And as well as paying attention to what class your opponent is playing, kind of knowing what you could be up against. And then the last thing I have here is cost isn't the only thing to think about with what cards you want to keep. Uh, that was something that I think I made a lot of mistakes with when I was first learning and trying to get better is I would just say, oh, well, that's maybe that's three, four or more. <laughs> I don't want to keep that. I only want to keep things that cost like one or maybe two. No matter what deck I played, if it costs one or two, I got to keep it so I can play it. That's not really how it works. That, that, that will get you in some really awkward situations a lot of times. So that is also very important and something that uh, I think the sooner that you learn that, um, the, the better off you'll be. Um, do either of you have any thoughts on just like 
those opening statements before I get into like specifics about these. Um, I will say it has happened to me way more than I can count where I have a copy of a card in my opening hand. I send it back and then I get it right back into my hand. Or sometimes this is a little bit more rare for me, but I'll, I can get like both duplicates of the cards I have in my deck. I send them back. And what do you know? They're back in my hand to start the game. And it's just the most frustrating thing ever. So unfortunately, sometimes even if you try to make your mulligan better, Hearthstone just says no. Yeah. And, you know, that's, that is an unfortunate situation. And sometimes, you know, it gets to me too. Uh, Especially when you get rid of a card and then like the second copy comes back right Uh in the same place too. I'm like, that's the same (laughs) card in the same place. Like why, why, what was the point of my mulligan? Uh, But that does happen. And let me talk about one reason why this is important Um, for Hearthstone. Now, again, I do a lot with like multiple card games. So I also kind of like comparing different card games. Hearthstone has a small deck size, right? 30 cards. Okay, unless you're playing a Renathal deck, right? Then then it's 40. But that's still a relatively small deck. And when you have double copies of cards, that also makes picking individually very important. As you mentioned, you know, there it fe- can feel like a, that happens a lot of times where you're like, oh, okay, well, now I just put these copies back in the deck and now you're getting them again. And that sucks. But you think about it you have multiples of all these cards especially if you don't have as many legendaries uh you're running a lot of duplicates you know two copies of all your cards and you only have 30 cards to start right then the stats are increased that you're going to get those copies but hearthstone is unique in the way that you don't have resources that you have to draw at the same time like land or energy yes yeah and, and that's why it's also probably better and also more important that you can pick cards individually, right? Typically in those other card games where you do have like lands and stuff like that, you have to mulligan your entire hand all at once. Um, and in that, you have to look for that resource. But in Hearthstone, you're going to get that mana every single turn, and that's going to build up for you. So you don't have to consider that for what cards you want in your opening hand. Um, Now, talking about the coin, we talked about that. Uh, So some cards might be better or worse to keep, depending on if you have the coin. This one is probably a little bit more of like an advanced idea, Um, not like super basic. Uh, And it might be really difficult to figure out which cards are better, like if they're better or if they're worse to keep. Uh, and that's also probably going to vary on matchup. So that one's kind of really in depth, but I just wanted to mention it so that people are kind of aware that, you know, sometimes it's like, well, maybe this isn't so great. Uh, if I have coin, maybe I don't want to keep this. Uh, so it is important that you think about, do I have the coin or not? And if you have the coin, that also means a difference between having three cards in your starting hand or having four starting cards plus the coin. So that might mean that maybe you can mulligan more cards or less cards because you know that you're going to have the coin and you can have those three or four cards. Um, If you only have three cards to start, maybe you might want to keep one that you're like, "Eh, maybe I should keep this because you only get those three cards to start. But if you have four, eh, 
maybe you can be a little bit more flexible and say, eh, I don't really need to keep that. I'll try to find something else. Um, or maybe you want to take it the other direction. Again, this is really going to depending be depending on your deck, what your deck is trying to do, and what the opponent wants to do. Sometimes you might say, I only have these three cards. I need to make these three cards in my starting hand count, right? They need to matter. So you might want to get rid of them. If you're on the fence about one, it might be like, nah, just get rid of it because I really want this other card. Um, now, there also is sometimes cards that should or shouldn't be kept based on what else is in your hand. And that's another reason why sometimes the coin is kind of important. Um, if you have a card that I'm going to use infuse as an example, uh, it's a newer you know keyword, but infuse is something that is based on how many of your friendly minions have died. If you have an infuse thing, let's say imps for warlock, and you have no other cards in your starting hand that are imps or are going to be able to put imps on the board, maybe that's not something you want to keep <laughs> because you're not going to be able to play things out onto the board. Uh, so if you can't create minions to hit that infuse, maybe get rid of that infuse card and try to get something that actually puts minions out onto the board instead. Uh, so that can really be a case where looking at what else you have in your hand is very important. And again, that also plays into the do you have coin or not, because you're going to have a little bit more flexibility. And as well, the, uh, the fact of that you have you know, less cards in your deck, you have those duplicates. So sometimes you can take that into consideration saying, okay, well, I have four cards plus the coin. I have one card that is, you know, based on an infuse. So if I get rid of those other three, I have a pretty high chance because the deck is pretty small to get cards that I want to actually work with that. Plus you'll have the coin to get to that faster. That's one example. I think a couple of good um, examples of that, too, if I can interject. Um, I, so playing the yeah. Shadow Priest that I played a lot, um, not necessarily the Swarm version, but the version uh, pre uh, pre uh, the set, there were a lot of times where <coughs> um, you'd have an undead allies in your hand, but you wouldn't keep it if you didn't have the undead. But if you had, like, two undead in your hand, then you keep undead allies. You wouldn't keep the Silence unless you had the Incorporal Corporal. Because otherwise, you know, you're, you're, if, if you have both of them, it made sense to keep it. Because then you can do, you know, your turn to corporal coin into the, the silence and, and do the damage and keep your minion on the board. But it didn't make sense to keep the, even though you wanted to get the corporal, it didn't make sense to keep the silence unless you knew you were going to be able to play it. So a lot of times what you can combo the cards with and what you want to start with really makes a difference in that. Yeah, absolutely. You have anything you want to add in there, Doc? Um, yeah, so with uh, Pure Paladin, uh, I had found that keeping Disco Maul, uh, which is the two mana, two, two, wall equipped whenever you play a minion gain, uh, give a minion plus one, plus one, uh, death rattle. Um, I had found that, at least where I'm at on ladder, Coining that out on one was generally a more correct play than not, because you can either choose to remove an early game minion, but then that game runs a lot of one drops. And so by turn two, like it can already give something plus three plus three. And so it's, it's just 
a very like stat stick heavy. It was very stat stick heavy, and it just ended up being a good decision most of the time for me. Yeah, so that that's a really good example of something that you might want to definitely keep. I mean, that's just a really powerful card, so you probably want to keep that one in general. But considering, hey, I have the coin. How can I use this coin effectively with that card that I want to keep? Hey, I can coin this out, get that weapon out, and then play things behind it and get even better value. Uh, yeah, that that's an absolutely like super important mulligan decision, and then like follow up play behind that mulligan decision. Uh, so yeah, that those are really really good examples. Um, I think one other example that I've thought of is. In, I think it's it's mostly been in like some of those undead aggressive decks. Uh, in things like Unholy Death Knight, is the two mana two two. Uh, uh, now I can't think of the name. Uh, very cool necromancer. I think. I think that's what it's called. The uh, the two. It's two mana two two, and it gives a friendly minion the death rattle of summoning the two two undead with rush. Now. That's right. It's two mana. I should keep this, right? I, I'm an aggressive deck. I can give something uh, that death rattle. But that's not usually a card that you want to play straight on turn two, especially considering if you are against maybe a deck that's going to have removal for your one drop. Or, as Tito mentioned earlier, do you even have a one drop that you're going to be playing on turn one? Because if you don't, don't keep that. Right? Otherwise, you won't get the value out of that battle cry if you just play it straight on turn two. So that's another one where you really just have to think about how am I using this card? What is my reason for keeping this? And another thing on the keeping, one mistake people have made is keeping tradable. Unless you, because a lot of the thought is I can just trade this card if it doesn't fit the solution or fit the need at the time. And and there are some cases where you want to keep it, like um, uh, Dog Treats there in Hunter, whatever it's called, because it, yeah, it gives you the Doggy option. Biscuit. Doggy Biscuit. because it, it gives you the option of giving something Rush. So in your particular plan, you might want to have that or drop it on the Slither Spear. But, uh, and same thing with the Saber there that the, the Rogue used to have. It's no longer in the standard, though, because that would reduce the cost of a spell. But don't keep a, don't keep a Viper just to be able to say, well, I can just trade it. Well, yeah, but you could just trade it now for free and not spend a mana on it by mulliging it. And I think that's something that a lot of people... Um, you, you don't want to hold a card to trade it on one unless there's a specific reason to do so. So uh, tradable is a nice... Uh, and if you end up with a tradable in your hand, no big deal. You can trade it. But take the free mul- take, take the free trade before the game even starts. Yes. Yeah, that's a really good one. Um, so now moving a little bit more into keeping specific cards here uh, based on the cost, I have two different things. Sometimes you want to keep a card or like a legendary, a one of maybe if you're only running one copy, even if it's not a legendary um, is sometimes actually correct. Even if the card might seem expensive. Again, I mentioned earlier that you know, throwing away like the quote unquote, like higher cost stuff was something I used to do a lot, right? Like I only want the cheap things and get rid of the more expensive stuff. Uh, but sometimes that's, that's absolutely wrong. Um, a couple examples that I have are in Warlock um, for right now, uh, the amorphous slime, the five mana, right? Or is it, is it six, <laughs> the five, three 
uh, that has the death, you know, it, it um, discards an undead and it has the death rattle to summon that. You want to keep that. That's kind of the, the whole goal of your deck, especially if you already have that undead. If you have coin, that's great, but you want to keep that uh, because that's kind of the whole like aim of your deck is to be able to play that, get your stuff out early. Another example is if you're playing like an imp lock and you have imp king Rafam. Again, especially maybe considering if you have coin, even though imp king Rafam is six mana, that can be the difference. Both of these like slime or imp king Rafam. If you keep those in your opening hand, you have the things to be able to work with it, especially over those first few turns, right? You're going to have several turns to be able to draw to the things that work with them. That's going to be the difference between having that card to play on curve for a huge impactful turn or a big swing play, or the difference between you sitting there on turn five or six, hoping that you tap and draw into that or play a draw card to try to find those things from your deck. So if it's something like that, that can create a really powerful swing turn or that can really works with what your deck wants to do, those can be a keep, even though they might seem expensive. Like another now, good example of that is the Lori Balor in, in Rage Warrior right now, because that one, mm -hmm. anytime you cast a, it's, it's a four mana, which seems kind of uh, like a not, it doesn't seem like a good cost to keep in that particular deck, which is fairly low to the ground. But anytime you cast a fire spell, it reignites it. So you get that on board unless you're playing a silence, uh, silence priest or something like that. Um, you're going to get a lot of value out of that. So that's a, a good keep right there. So if it makes more sense with the synergies of your deck, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And on the flip side, again, going into that, that cost isn't the only thing to think about. Sometimes when, I, when I've been learning new decks or when I was newer, I would keep cheap cards just because I'm like, eh, they're cheap, right? I want to keep cheap cards. No, sometimes you don't. Um, they might not be worth it in the matchup, or you might want to use those later in the game. Um, I have a few examples here, like Sir Finley, the one mana one three that's going to put everything in your hand into the bottom of the deck and then give you the stuff from the bottom, right? You don't want to just play that on turn one, even though he costs one. You typically have that in the deck when you're looking for very specific things. Um, for example, I've been playing like Death Rattle, right? Death Rattle uh, Druid or Death Rattle uh, Warlock type decks. So what you do is you set off Death Rattles, you pull your undead into your hand and get a copy out onto the board. Then you play Finley and put those back into the deck so you can get more copies summoned out of them. You don't want to just play Sir Finley on turn one. Same with Horn of Winter or uh, for Death Knight or like Innervate for Druid. Those aren't really cards that you're looking for to keep at the beginning. I mean, what are you, you going to do? Play Horn of Winter just to get an extra, you know, hero power at the start? That's not what you want to use those cards for. You want to use those a bit later in the game when you want to get to your more powerful things. Um, dispose of evidence for uh, Demon Hunter. It's zero mana. It's going to give you three attack and put something into your deck from your hand. But... You generally don't want to play that right at the start of the game, right? You're looking to play that later when maybe you've dumped a lot of cards from your hand or if you have a big weapon um, or if you have some sort of like you can attack twice, you want to add attack to what you're doing. Um, so those are more cards that you want to use at later points to combo with something else. 
Um, so just because they're cheap, you don't want to keep them. Well, but sometimes you do want to keep that. Like, so to kind sure. of, so like if you're playing big demon hunter right now and you have your, uh, the three, seven that draws the, the big demon in your hand, that is a triggering spell. And that also will put one of the big minions back into your deck. So that way you can use it to draw, uh, was it the fell scale is it fell scale of ochre? I forget what the name of the card is. But like, like sometimes depending on what that's why I think it's a situational one. Whereas you don't want to keep it, but if I if you do have that fell scale, you 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 might want to keep it because it then not only triggers one of the um, procs, but it gives you protection that if like in your next three draws you draw your two eight eights and your your taunt minion, you have some protection there to drop it in. So I think that shows that there's complexity there. So it, it, everything we're saying here is great advice but it's not all um hard fast rules that you take to every game yes. you have to uh, i played seven over 700 games with that uh shadow priest i've talked about this a couple times and i still would get into these mulligans i'm like okay i'm facing this matchup i have two of these do i want to keep both do i not want... like the mulligan is not something that is ever like pure cut and dry. sometimes oh, sometimes it's pure cut and dry sometimes it's easy to say one two three boom done but yeah Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you there. Go ahead. But like at that point, I was like, well, you said this. I'm like, yeah, that's true a lot of times, but not always. And I thought right. that was a good point. Yeah, it, and exactly. And that's why, you know, I said at the very beginning, like the mulligans are extremely complicated. You know, even pros, I, I don't even think I've seen pros completely agree on what <laughs> mulligans should be sometimes, right? So mulligans are very complicated. And again, in something like Hearthstone, where you're facing so many different matchups, it's it really gets complicated um but these are kind of just like rule of thumb but i just wanted to give some examples is like don't just keep a card because it's zero cost don't keep a card just because it's one cost right you got to think about really the the thing with all of these points is look at each card and say do i want this what is the purpose of this card when will i want to use this how do i want to use this is this something that I want to keep at the beginning? And that plays right into, uh, okay, one thing I try to do, and I'm not good at this, I, I, but, okay, I am this class, I am seeing this class, I don't know what it is, how do I win this game, how do I lose this game? And if, if, you, if you come up with your plan of attack early on, that'll also feed right into your... Um, your mulligan strategy like you might have what's, what's that one three in mage that um uh one three when you cast a spell gain armor equal to its cost you probably don't want to keep that in most matchups but maybe there's a matchup where you're like well i have a couple cheap spells i'm going against totem shaman i might want to try to gain a little armor early i'm not saying that's the right play but like you might have a strategy on that but for the most part that's a card you want to throw back into your hand because even though it's one mana one three you want to save it when you're casting your Deathborns later, when you're casting your your spells to gain big armor, not the little piddly ones, and dropping it out of 1-3 ain't going to make a difference. So, uh, But there may be a situation where you say, how am I going to win this? I'm going to win this if I can survive as best I can. Maybe a little extra armor won't hurt. You got any thoughts on those there, Doc? Uh, yeah, so with, uh, with Paladin, like, yeah, pure Paladin's, like, a pretty aggressive deck, so, like, I don't want to say aggressive decks aren't complicated, because there's definitely a lot of little teeny micro decisions that 
occur when you play aggro because a trade here means there's less damage face or whatever. Like there's, there's still choices to be made. But if for me, like if I knew I was queuing into a potentially aggro versus aggro game, uh, say like the mirror, I'd be like, okay, well, we're both aggressive. I need to get on the board fast and wide and so then that's when I would throw things out like Katiri Lightblade to hopefully get it back in a couple turns so that I could have a board full of 1-1 one, one Divine Shields, 2-1s, two uh, like 2-2s, two just something else just to go wide as soon as possible and then to be able to get into the meat and potatoes of what is actually Pure Paladin. Uh, so sometimes trying to think of what you're playing against uh in whatever meta you're in because the meta changes slightly depending where you're at um it heavily like changes your mulligan decision and to even be like okay well they could be playing a control or they could be playing aggro of this class but what have i seen more of lately or what do like i don't know there's a lot of decisions there but a lot today on stream i would just want multiple one cost cards or like two one-cost cards and two two-cost two, two cards. So I'd have a turn one, turn two, and turn three play if I didn't have Boogie Down. Also, keep keeping uh, Boogie Down in my opening hand changed so many matchups for me. Um, even though, statistically, it's not one of the cards that, like, you should exactly keep in your hand all the time, but I was definitely, by the end of stream, just every time I was on my mulligan, it was staying there and I was throwing something And I'm a little away. disappointed, Doc, because uh, you kept in your hand meat and potatoes where you mul could have mulliganed for the bread and butter of uh, Paladin. But anyway, I digress. Done! Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's great. Um, no, actually, I'm really glad that you brought that point up, Doc, because my next... Like, last little bullet points are some kind of general, you know, again, like, rule of thumb for archetypes. And the first thing that I have is aggro decks usually, I'm going to put that in quotes, usually care the least about what the opponent's deck is, right? And you want to make your mulligan choices based on your deck and what your deck wants to do. So you said, right, like, you just got to the point where you're like, I just want one drops. I just want, you know, my early game. I just want this card to get stuff out. Mm -hmm. It didn't matter if you were against another aggressive deck or a control deck, right? And, and there can be, again, but typically aggro decks, like you're just looking for the thing that are going to get you the most powerful starts because that's where aggressive decks want to get out. Like they want to get out on the board early and fast. They don't really care if you are also doing something fast or if you're going to sit there and just hero power for three turns, right? They just want to get their, get their early game and go. Um, also, in general, if you may not have known this, again, we talked about the coin earlier, um, but more aggressive decks are more advantaged when going first. Some, I mean, in general, I would say decks typically have the advantage going first. That's just a card game thing. Uh, so, you know, the second player always has to have something. But aggro decks especially take advantage of going first uh, because then that means they get to put a minion on the board, right? They have usually a lot of one drops. They can play something on the first turn. And then when it comes back to their next turn, they get to start pushing damage. They get to start pushing damage fast. Um, so, yeah, aggro decks usually do have more of an advantage when they are going first and not on the coin. So that is something that, if you didn't know, now now you do. Um, and 
Then I would say like combo and control decks on the other side typically want to find removal or healing or draw. And they tend to focus on stalling the game with like removing or healing. Um, or they kind of just want to draw through the deck very quickly, depending on you know what kind of, of deck it is, right? Some combo decks that want to do big OTK stuff typically want to just draw a bunch, find all their combo cards, and then be able to play a bunch of stuff at the same time and kill you. Those control decks, they're probably going to find removal for all those minions that the aggro deck's going to be playing on the first couple of turns. They're going to find healing, and they're going to just try to, again, stall the game, keep it going until that aggro deck or mid-range deck or whatever kind of runs out of steam a bit, and then they can win. Um, so... Again, these are just generalities. They're kind of the like rule of thumb. Um, this is a very, very complex, like in-depth topic. But again, these are things that I think are still very important to think about, regardless of where you're at on ladder, what your skill is, what your deck is. Every deck has to do a mulligan at the beginning of the game, right? So it's it is very important to think about the cards that you're keeping or not keeping, and my big overall takeaway, again, I mentioned this earlier, is just think about each card and say, why do I want this? What is its purpose in the deck? When do I want to play this? Right, And that's kind of your, your basis for doing your mulligan and how you decide what cards you want to keep. And, and to your point about aggro, like white still usually has the advantage against black and chess. There, there's, there's a lot of nuance between going first and making those for and but if you make the wrong if you if you have the wrong setup then then black can kind of destroy you so it's 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 all about kind of how you plan those first steps and one you were talking about like aggro likes to go first but if you if you have a game plan stick with your game plan if like you're up against a control freeze and you put a connie in there specifically to connor clean the scene i'm not saying that's a valid scenario but yeah it's a made-up scenario for right now then if you have a connie in your hand you probably want to keep it because that if you're playing that control priest, right? So remember your game plan and, and use use how do I win this matchup and use that to your mulligan. That's that's one of the biggest things. Well Doc, do you have any final thoughts on mulligans? Um Yeah, they they're very important. Uh, like we barely scratched the surface of how deep you can go into like how mulligans matter. Um, there's like, like dragon rider said, it's a very nuanced topic. There's a lot you can get into. Um, me personally, back when aggro druid was a thing, I would purposely mulligan wrong. Well, wrong quote unquote, um, but different just so that I had to learn to play the deck a different way. But that, like I, I played so much with that deck. Like I had like an almost 80% win rate with that deck with almost like 80 games. Um, so like I was just trying to find different ins and outs and you can do that. It's not suggestible really, because if you're wanting to win and improve, try to, stick to the general rules and get good at the general rules and go on. Uh, but mulligans are fun. Like it's a very quick part of the game, but it's a very important part of the game. Um, so Don, thank you so much for 
talking to us about mulligans and hopefully enlightening our listeners about the importance of them. Uh, but yeah, that's all I have to say about mulligans, except uh, the band Hot Mulligan is a good band. And we didn't even touch upon um, how to play based on how your opponent mulligans, because that is an aspect of the game that is a game inside the game where you say, oh, they, they full mulligan, so they probably don't have the pieces that they're looking for here, so maybe I can be a little more aggressive or a little more um, whatever. So that is a whole other aspect of that. But any final thoughts, Dawn, before we uh, move on to uh, our dessert? Uh, no, that's it for me. Well, Doc, I think I am full, but I do have room for that dessert I just mentioned. How about you? How about yourself? Yeah, I could have a slice. <laughs> yeah. So, listeners, we appreciate you so much for listening to our show. Uh, it would mean a lot to us if you leave us a review. It doesn't have to be five stars, but that is what we technically prefer because it helps with visibility. Um, <laughs> leave us however honest a review you want. Let us know what we're doing good. Let us know what we're doing bad so that we can improve the show. Cause that's the whole point. We love our show. We love that people actually listen to us talk about this video game that a bunch of people talk about. So that's a pretty cool thing. So thank you for being a listener. It means a lot to us. Just let us know how we're doing. Uh, cause we appreciate it and we'll read it out on the show. Uh, Don, where can people find you? Yeah, uh, so you can find me on Twitter at Donnie DK. That's D-A-W-N-I-E-D-K. You can find me on Twitch and YouTube, Dragon Rider TCCG. Uh, every week on the Doctor 3 HS podcast, uh, talking about standard Hearthstone. And then uh, typically every week uh, on the TCCG roundtable, talking all things card games. And that's with our friend ron mexico correct yes you got the name right i love it good job proud of you (laughs) how about you doc where can people find you yeah you can find me on twitter and twitch actually on twitch at uh doc mcbutt and tito how about you well you can find me on twitter and twitch at tito santana hs as usual with doc i think um going forward and we're going to instantiate this now um, I think for dessert, we need to ask our guests what their favorite dessert is. So, Dawn, what is your favorite dessert? Oh, okay. So, I have a sweet tooth. Uh, so, that is very difficult for me to answer because I like a lot of different desserts. Um, you put it right, on the just, spot. I know you did. Wait, how do I pick, though? There's too many. Okay, if I had to pick one right now, it'd be a hot brownie with cold vanilla ice cream on top. Ooh, good choice. Classic. Fair enough. And uh, speaking of, um, actually, I'm not speaking about anything, but do you have any shout outs this week? Dawn, sorry. Yes. Uh, yeah, I've, I've got a few here. Um, we mentioned earlier about my five year stream. So just shout out to everyone that supported me during that stream. That was a ton of fun. Uh, and I kind of did the shout out earlier, but especially uh, shout out to my hubby uh, for taking that. He, he took the day off work. Like he took those couple days off work. Cause I was like, please, I'm going to need your help that day. Uh, so he took that day off of work and was able to help with the dogs and, you know, throwing the pie in my face, <laughs> which was great. And uh, a shout out as well to Jared and James from the citizens of Lorcana or citizens of Lorcana podcast. 
Uh, they had me on their show last week talking about like streaming and content and casting and um, card games. And um, obviously we talked some about Disney and uh, Disney Lorcana. Uh, so that was a blast. Uh, so thank you to them. And thank you to you two. Flash shout out here uh, for having me on yet again and letting me ramble about all of these random topics. Well, we look forward to seeing what you have next month. Doc, any shout outs this week? Um, Yeah, you know what? I'm going to shout out, well, one, Don, again, thank you so much. Thank you so much. It's always a pleasure to have you on the show. You're really fun to talk to. Uh, I'm going to shout out Blizzlet. Uh, cause Blizzlet celebrating 300 episode, uh, big milestone. Um, and they were my, they were my first Hearthstone podcasts that I listened to ever. So they helped me get into Hearthstone Twitter. They helped me basically put me where I am now because if it wasn't for Blizzlet, I don't know if I would have continued playing Hearthstone as long as I did, because now there, I have this huge community of people that I play this game with. So uh, yeah, big shout out to Blizzlet, uh, Daniel, Smarms, Ted, Eve. Uh, keep up the good work, y'all. And Tito, how if about what, you? If it wasn't for Blizzlet, we wouldn't have this podcast. It's true. I would not have met you. <laughs> Probably not. Um, well, uh, I don't really have much to, to thank this week. Just thanks, Don, for being here. We appreciate it. And um, uh, it's been a really quiet week, so not not a whole lot going on. But yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll second the Blizzlet uh nod because it was great to see him hit 300 episodes um and and doc while he's not looking to replace ridiculous hat did try to wear as many ridiculous hats as he could <laughs> so uh well played my guy yeah thanks. um but anyway it was amazing <laughs> thank <it> you was. <laughs> but anyway guys i think we're done here i think we're done see ya bye-bye see ya Slide two brothers meet one another when they slide up to the mic. It's bread and butter with one another. Let's start up that recording light. <laughs> <laughs>